This is Brittany Rockhill of Douglas Elliman in Aspen, Colorado, and you are listening to The Real Talk Podcast. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of Real Talk. Thank you always for joining. Today, I have my good friend Brittany Rockhill from Aspen on my podcast, uh, to, to be exact, episode number 44. I'm uh, really happy with the, all these uh Listeners, my friends, my clients, colleagues, uh, just chiming in and, and sending me feedback about uh, the channel that I started just a little over a year ago. So, uh, if you haven't checked out some of my previous episodes, uh, I just had my uh, chief sales and strategy officer at Compass, Mike Cassetta. Uh, the guy is super interesting. He paid his way through Harvard by selling Cutco knives as a high school kid. I mean, just really phenomenal stuff. Uh, also, some of my classic previous episodes are Lady Meyer from uh, Miami. He actually is one of the founding brokers of the Miami office uh, of Compass. Uh, he just came on and talked about some expensive rentals that he's done, uh, the insane housing market that the coronavirus has caused uh, to to actually blow up some of the single uh, home single family home market in the uh, Coral Gables area in, in Miami. Uh, really interesting stuff there. Uh, the first corporate accountant of Compass, Will Geesland, my friend, uh, he talks about you know how the Trump tax system works, uh, why Amazon doesn't pay any federal federal income tax, stuff like that. Uh, very interesting stuff. And uh, one of my all time favorite, it's still very relevant today. Gabe Stolman, uh, my friend, my client, uh, he used to own uh, you know nine of the some nine you know real top top New York City restaurants and the implications of COVID and how dealing with the government and dealing with shutting down some of his restaurants and how he's coming up uh, with plans to uh, not completely close, but you know, to survive uh, this uh, coronavirus era of 2020. Uh, that's number episode number 33, so please check that out. Uh, but that said, you know, Brittany is a great friend of mine. Uh, she is a native Colorado uh, individual. I guess we call her a a true Coloradoan. She's born in Colorado Springs. She's the youngest of five siblings. She paid her way through college. Uh, just had to find her way somehow. There's lots of trials and tribulations of her life that she has overcome uh, to become one of the, uh, actually the top agent with Douglas Elliman. So great stories that she's like out. We talk about Aspen. We talk about the market. We talk about the the hidden parts of Aspen. It's a really interesting conversation there. Uh, Brittany and I met five years ago when Compass acquired uh, a office here. She was a Compass agent, and we quickly became great friends. We've traveled together. She's shown me around Aspen a lot, more than anything else. I think she's, she's done more for me than I've done for her. But, um, you know, a real hardworking, seasoned professional, and, uh, and someone to really look up to. Uh, especially if you're trying to expand your knowledge on, on, on operating your real estate business. So to give this a listen and uh, always, as always, thank you for being a loyal listener and a follower. And we are going to go jump into Brittany right now. What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of Real Talk Podcast. Thanks for joining as always. Appreciate the many loyal listeners that I've gained across the, uh, the country now. Uh, we're at episode 43, and I am here today, New Year's Eve Eve, in what is known as the uh, beautiful city of Aspen, where the beer flows like wine and the women flock, instinctively flock like the salmon of Capistrano. None, I am pleased to have none other than one of 
uh, my best friends, Brittany Rockhill. She is known as the Queen of Aspen, uh, the number one producing GCI agent in Douglas Elliman, Colorado. We are all friends here. She's not Compass, but we're all insane. We're all industry colleagues. So uh, I'm really happy to have her. Uh, we're going to talk all about her life, her upbringing, uh, the the trials that she has been put through to gain the success that she's been on uh, uh, of who she is today. So really happy to have you on. Brittany, welcome. How are you? I'm doing well. Happy to be here. I'm excited that you're here. Uh, the, the time spent on an important day for you like this, New Year's Eve, when your clients are in town, they're flying in private jets, they're renting $60,000 month homes. Aspen didn't have, for some reason, gas for 48 hours. I mean, you know, what a circus it's been. But thanks for spending time to uh, come on the show. Yeah, we're, we're happy to have persevered through that, and we're, we're on the other side now. Yeah, so you know, let's just jump right into it. Uh, what I want to do is a section called softball questions. So we're going to ask a bunch of questions about you, about Aspen, very easy so that listeners can kind of get to know you a little bit more, uh, perhaps on a personal level. So are you ready? I'm ready. Here we go. All right. Question number one. Your go-to dinner in Aspen. I would have to say Casatua upstairs. Um, oh, it's a difference between upstairs and downstairs? I've dined upstairs before, but I don't know. Yeah, well, upstairs is the club level. Um, I just say that the ambiance in the entire restaurant is really beautiful. In the summer, the patio is amazing. Um, the staff is like world class, um, and the owners are good friends of mine. And what kind of food is it? It's Italian. Italian, okay, yeah. good, cool. All right, question number two. Favorite mountain to ski and why? For listeners, an Aspen owns four mountains, correct? Yes. Okay. We like to call ourselves the power of four. Um, So we have Aspen Mountain, Thai Hack Buttermilk, Aspen Highlands, and Snowmass. Snowmass actually is larger than the other three mountains combined um, and is known to be kind of the more family-friendly mountain. Um, Aspen Mountain, I would say, is my favorite because it's in front of my office. <laughs> I can walk there. It's in front of your. It's in front of your condo. Yeah, it's pretty. Um, it's 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 a good setup. Okay, great. Uh, it's also the steepest, or is it is it good for beginners, or is it more kind of the seasoned skier? I'd say you want to be a more seasoned skier to take on Aspen Mountain. It's just steeper pitches, more narrow runs. Um, lots of ski racers love Aspen Mountain. Right, terrorizing terrorizing little kids that zoom down the hill past you. That yeah, <laughs> yeah. I get I get it. Uh, number question three: One secret or tip that locals don't always give to visitors. Ooh. I mean, I think I'd have to tell you once you buy a house, I can give you that. <laughs> okay, you play it hard again. Yeah. Well, well, tell me something that's you know easy. Um, well, we were talking the other day about the cameras. So yes. if you're looking to get in line and you want to see what the gondola lift line looks like, um, the Aspen Daily News actually just started uh, with a camera showing the gondola line for Aspen Mountain. Right. So that's kind of unique information. Um, Aspen Snowmass does a great job updating the snowfall so mm-hmm. you can check you know who has the best snow uh for the day okay so i'd say those are those are good tips. cool cool yeah you're right especially during covid you don't want to run up to a gondola where there's a hundred people waiting in line and you don't want to be in that cluster so that makes sense uh favorite bar in aspen Ooh, see i'm more of an eater than a drinker or an eater and drinker at least you are now so <laughs> i'm just kidding uh, for the listeners we are only drinking hypothetical whiskey aka water <laughs> um 
I would say the Matsuhisa bar is probably my favorite setup. Beautiful down there. Um, yeah, beautiful. Again, great staff, um, amazing food. You know, they can answer any question you have about wine, sake. Good selection of sake. Yeah. And for listeners, you may have noticed Brittany has been to Japan before and she knows how to pronounce sake. Not sake, <laughs> but sake. So good job on your Japanese pronunciation. Uh, last question, favorite event in Aspen? Aspen, as some of you may know, has some of the nicest events nationally from spring, summertime, and the wintertime. So go ahead and uh, why don't you list a couple for, for the listeners, the big ones, and then tell me your favorite. Yeah, I would say, um, you know, our winter events, we actually, our, our peak weeks, our New Year's week um, and Fourth of July week. So, um, Events kind of based around that. Uh, the Chamber of Commerce does a really nice like 12 days of Aspen um, to get people excited and involved in the town, looking for Santa Claus, there's reindeer, there's different things that are really cute um, for kids and stuff like that. Um, in the summer, we have Food and Wine, um, the Food and Wine Classic. So that brings in a lot of world-class chefs, um, a lot of different wines, spirit companies. Um, so that's super fun. And um, the Aspen Ideas Festival, I would say, is my favorite. Um, the Ideas Festival takes place at the Aspen Institute in non-COVID times. Um, we're doing a lot virtually right now, um, but it's, it's a great atmosphere. Um, you get to kind of step out of your day-to-day and go listen to some fantastic speakers and people that are titans of industry and sports and psychology. Um, it's, really, it's really world-class. Good. Yeah, I think one of the most magical things about Aspen is not the Dun & Dumber quote where the beer flows like wine and the women flock like the salmon of Capistrano, but it is actually the culture and the, and the leaders across all businesses and artists across all art platforms come together for either an event or for their friends or for, for family, for entertainment, for pleasure. Uh, and being in such a small, remote American town, uh, it, it, it's it's hard to fathom that so much uh, people, so many so many types of people flow through the city. Yeah. So yeah, that's it's one of my attractions to it as well. It's kind of like being in Manhattan. It's like Fifth Avenue meets uh, the the mountains, you know, the Rockies. Yeah, and Aspen is really staked out. Um, the history that was the mind, body, spirit idea um, in 1949. The first kind of conference and meeting of the minds um, happened officially and kind of was the the root of the Aspen Institute. Um, so the Pepke family was a big founding part of Aspen. Um, we have, you know, an Aspen Historical Society, which I'm on the board of. Um, we have historic preservation, which is a big deal for real estate um, and keeping our mining cabins and properties that were built in the 1800s, you know, looking in their original form from the outside. So there's a lot of history in Aspen, which kind of separates us out from other ski towns where we have that that depth. Right. A lot of history. And you're right. The uh, it, Just like New York City, you guys have kind of a Landmarks Commission committee uh, that protects I, I believe the air rights of buildings, uh, the, the height that you can build out to, the facade of, this, of certain projects or buildings, right, that you can't really destroy or, or modify, even real estate signs, right? You, there's, there's, prohib- there's rules on how you can post real estate signs outside your home. Yeah, we're, we're very, um, 
we're very organized on how we want the town to look and it, it's kept some continuity kind of going and the Aspen that generation after generation that people want to come back to, you know, within reason um, is, is evolving on this balance, but trying to keep, you know, a foot with history. Yeah, no, that's really cool. And that's one thing that really attracts me. Now, I, I, for some of the listeners that may know, I'm a hardcore veil guy. I have a lot of friends out there, uh, childhood friends, but if I had to pick, despite my love for Vail, and despite me being an Epic Pass holder, which is owned by the company Vail, uh, I have well, I will always forever have love for Aspen. And uh, if I had to choose between owning a home between the two towns, I don't know, really hard. But I don't say Aspen probably takes the cake here. Uh, so this is a little shift. We want to do a little pivot in our show, and we want to go into some questions uh, about you, but. Before that, let's let, the, let's let the listeners warm up with who you really are as a person. Let's just say, uh, not the most traditional upbringing. Uh, you were born in Colorado Springs. Uh, you had paid your way essentially through college by having two jobs. You wanted to go to the University of Miami to be a cane. Uh, and, and obviously, from a financial standpoint of your family, uh, maybe things weren't as, as well as some of the other kids in the United States have uh, where you couldn't go to the school you wanted, so you had to apply for scholarships. You know, talk a little bit about, little bit about your, your younger life, the younger, the younger Brittany Rockhill. Yeah, I mean, it's a long story, so I'll try and, try and make it succinct. Um, I'm the youngest of five children. Uh, my father started a business when I was about five years old. Um, which instilled a really strong work ethic in me. Um, you know, it didn't matter if it was his birthday party and we had a house full of people. Like, if work called and he had to go to work, he went to work. Um, and my family has always been really supportive and almost, like, lenient with me. Um, we were talking the other day, like, I haven't been home for the holidays since I moved to Aspen 13 years ago because it's my peak season. And, you know, no one's, no one's mad at me. Like, everyone understands, you know, work takes precedent. Um, and so that's kind of the way that I was raised. Um, when it came time for me to go to college, I had been accepted to the University of Miami and I wanted to study real estate and international business. And um, that didn't work out. I needed to stay closer to home um, just for some family stuff that was going on. And so I wrote the University of Denver. They were great and matched the scholarship I had for Miami so that I got to go to the University of Denver. Um, so at 16 years old, you knew that that by writing a letter, you could get a scholarship to a local school. Yeah, well, and I have to, I mean, huge, huge props to the University of Denver. Um, you know, there were several trials and tribulations while, while I was there, and I, I was in the work-study program. Um, as we were talking the other day, I taught GED classes in Spanish to adults, um, which was super fun, and then I worked in restaurants, you know, in between things. Um, so plenty, plenty of work happening while I was doing my, my double major, double minor um, at the University of Denver. I did have the opportunity to study abroad, and I chose to go to Mexico, um, which I'm super thankful for. I have really, really great friends and clients in Mexico at this point in my life, and I think having that experience really helped um, bridge those relationships, and, and it's great to be able to speak Spanish fluently you know, with, our, with our neighbor. So. So you're with your clients right now. Yeah. Talk to me about your your last year of college. What happened there? You you were financially not in a position potentially to graduate, right? Yeah, I um I actually went into the financial aid office um, 
with my transcripts and said, you know, I'm this much money short and this is where I am. Um, I'm going to have to drop out of school. And they gave me another scholarship. Let's take us to the point where after college you decided to move to Aspen. Why Aspen? Yeah, that's, that is a funny question. Um, so I had studied real estate and international business. Um, I actually had my heart set on going south of the border again. Um, at that point in time, the Riviera Maya was really ripe for development. A lot of things were happening. Um, I had this idea in my head that I could go work in development and also have some sort of service component, um, like building some amazing beachfront property while also okay. creating like clean water for the local villages. Um, was kind of like my perfect world. Um, which came out of me considering joining the Peace Corps in my senior year of college, deciding that probably wasn't for me um, after visiting Nicaragua. Fast forward, I'm graduating from college, um, it's time to make a decision, and someone said, you know, real estate, international business, you should really check out Aspen. So I came, and 13 years later, 13 I, years. I wouldn't want to live anywhere else. I lost time when you're having fun. So many of you, I did this, I did say this in the beginning, but Brittany for two years in a row was ranked the highest grossing agent. And for those that may not know what that means, it means grossing in terms of sales and uh, and earning and take home income, commissions we call it. Uh, she was the highest for two years in a row at Douglas Elliman. Talking about the cheddar bisque, you are an inspiration to women in, in business, I would say especially probably the younger ones that are aspiring to be whether a business owner themselves or maybe even a real estate broker, future real estate broker, who knows. But you know, what, what two pieces of advice maybe you can give to from your life's learnings in, in personal and business uh, to that younger generation of girls that are coming up? Yeah, I mean, I would say you know, there, there are no shortcuts. Um, the sooner you get to work, the more successful that you'll be. Um, you know anything specific that you can draw from in, from your life um you know i i put in a lot of of late nights and i still do um, a lot of long hours and doing that extra you know the email that i really needed to send out may not get sent out until 12 30 at night because all day i was just treading water and going through the showings and getting everything lined up that i needed to get lined up um, and then that extra reach to get in touch with that client that I've been meaning to get in touch with or that extra step um, sometimes doesn't come until you know you've already been working for 14 hours <laughs> so there's uh, there's no there's no way to get around that there's you know it takes it takes dedication right sure as far as you know maybe one piece of advice that you could give your 21 year old self what would it be um, you know there there are no guarantees. So every day you, you get up, you put your best foot forward, you give it your all. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, like know that you did what was right and that you put everything out there that you had to put out there. That's great. Switch gears. When it comes to your career so far, what are you most proud of? Um, I would say I'm most honored. I don't know if proud is the right sure. word, but um, by the, the clients that I get to work with. Um, Give me an example. I mean, I 
just counted it recently and I've worked with clients from over 13 countries, um, which is, yeah, for a small mountain town. And, you know, I, I love working obviously with domestic clients also, and nothing against domestic clients, but um, that was kind of my goal and my reach was to be in a small town and manage to create a, an international real estate um, atmosphere for myself. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's something that I look back on. Any countries that may surprise listeners the, that maybe know of Aspen. I mean, it's such a small little town, you know. Yeah, I mean, we we have um, we have a lot of fans that live in Australia. Oh yeah, um, That's so far away too. Yeah, like Australia, Singapore, um, Italy, Brazil. Um, you know, where the spread is pretty Japan. Cool. Yeah. I mean, think about that. Right? <laughs> yeah. Japan, right? Twenty hours away. Yeah. On a flight. So yeah, that's it's, it's, it's definitely a. Uh, it's a big world, but a really small city that encompasses the reach of, of, of people globally. So that's really something that is uh, inspirational for people that live here in Aspen, and also for your work. Uh, what's, tell me, what's, what's your average day like in Aspen before COVID? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> uh, well, there, that's one of the cool things about living here is there aren't a lot of average days and something I love about what I do. Um, you know, different people are in town, different things are happening, um, which, you know, shifts energy and, and interests in different directions. Um, but I would say, you know, the components of my day are definitely, you know, client interaction, depending on the season, that may be in person, that may be on the phone, that may be via text, email. Well, I mean, what time do you get up in the morning? Let's start from there. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it depends on what's happening in the season. Okay. Um, because if I'm having late dinners with clients and... So let's just say, you know, non-COVID times... Uh, before Corona, BC, 2020 BC, yeah. uh, let's just say, you know, ski season around Christmas, New Year's, you know, after New Year's, what's it like? Yeah, I mean, uh, a workout first thing in the morning, so that may be seven in the morning okay. um, to get, you know, my mind working and, and have a little challenge right out of the gate. What do you do? Do you go to Cycle Bar Aspen? Um, you know, I used to, pre-COVID. Yeah. Um, huge, huge fan. Huge fan. Cycle Bar and Pure Bar. Yeah. Um, Shout out. Yeah. <laughs> um, I actually have become addicted to the mirror that I now have in my house. Right. Um, which is like a really efficient, really strong, you know, workout platform. It's like the other Peloton though. You know, it's not a bike, but it's a mirror. It's really yeah. cool. Yeah, it's yeah. neat. So I'm, I'm into that. Um, I threw, I threw a treadmill under my desk during COVID. So I have that going um, to get my steps in. But yeah, basically, I would say, you know, work as a whole could, could vary from day to day and season to season. Um, Obviously, it has to do with me communicating with clients. So a, a client may want to go skiing with you in the afternoon. So you might hike the Highland Bowl with that client, assuming they're a strong skier or snowboarder. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then at night, what would you do? Do you usually have dinners? Yeah. And I mean, they're vacationing, not, and they're yeah. vacationing with you. Yeah, that's. I mean, it's. You it's, are essentially an extension of their vacation. It's been the greatest blessing to be able to be here and see people. You know, at oftentimes being their best selves because stress is a little bit less they're here they're enjoying the outdoors they have those endorphins flowing Mm -hmm. they're with their family like they're you know living their best life and then you by extension kind of get to enjoy that and vibe off of that energy and and help them you know make their make their real estate dreams come true so it's 
it's pretty sweet. <laughs> what's, what's that cool club that you take? It's like a, that private club downstairs in the basement that you take your clients to. Um, so the Caribou Club. Caribou has, Club. Tell us about that. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I, I've been with you. Yeah. I'm really curious what what that's about. It's like almost like a secret society. Yeah. I mean, it's been it's been a staple in Aspen. It definitely is um, is infamous. We got to give them a um, shout out too. Yeah. <laughs> Caribou Club. What's up, Billy? Brenda. Um, yeah. It's um. They have phenomenal food, and actually, they have a great catering business um, mm. as well. Okay. So they do they do a great job with that. Um, they're limited right now. They can have about fifty people um, mm-hmm. in for dinner with yeah. the COVID stuff. Okay, so they're still do- doing dinner downstairs. They are, okay. and actually, for New Year's, this will be too late to give them a plug. But they did send out a very imaginative email talking about a time capsule because we have the curfew that you could get in and have your full New Year celebration well before the curfew. So Got just it. doing it on the East Coast. Oh, time. that's cool. So, yeah. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, so it's a really interesting club to be part of and a nice place to take clients out to. Yeah, I mean, it? Aspen is such a, um, a big city, small town. So, yeah, there's there are a few private clubs around. Um, and what I enjoy about that place is it's more about, like, the sitting and talking. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, like, we also have nightclubs and there's a time and a place for that. Um Love you guys, Bootsy Bellows. Yeah. <laughs> but, Bootsy Bellows. Um, that's, you know, it's really hard to have conversation in there. So Not I, really. It's not really a conversational type atmosphere. Yes. Yeah. I have, I have more. Um, it's a typical meatpacking club <laughs> in New York good City. Good New York reference. Right. There you go. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> So, uh, as far as your lifestyle is concerned, it, it is engulfed with work, and I've seen that firsthand. And brokers across the nation that are, are at the top of their game basically have the same lifestyle. I mean, we're, we're grinding. Yeah. My game is not as big as your game, but we're grinding constantly, seven days a week. Now, what do you do when you're not at work? One day, maybe I'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, I enjoy skiing. I love hiking. I mean, I have a, a great puppy um, who I try and get out with. Um, I love to travel. You know, Aspen does have shoulder seasons. So when I'm, you know, in a, a season where clients aren't here and I don't have any reason to have boots on the ground, um, I've had opportunities. I was in Dubai last year with my international partner, Knight Frank. Um, they had me to England the year before that. We were supposed to go to Italy this year, which obviously didn't happen. Um, but that's been, you know, really fun and a great opportunity. They invite, you know, the top brokers from the U.S. There's about 30 of us that they they take overseas, and we we get to know those markets. And uh, what I want to know more is while you're in Aspen, what do you do during your free time? I mean, can you? Did you have you biked up Independence Pass? Is that a cycling? Is that yeah. like a cycle? I, I mean, I'm into cycling now. As some of you may know, I started the Manbro Bike Club, the Manhattan Brooklyn <laughs> Bike Club, and we're just we're a bunch of amateur athletes just bike bicycling around New York City during COVID. But anyways, tell me about yeah. uh, you know maybe the cycling scene in in Aspen. Yeah, I mean, we have a really strong summer cycling scene, which is something I think people don't necessarily understand. Is like the summer in Aspen is so busy and it's amazing it's almost better than the winter i mean that's why i moved here is for the summer it's not for people the think it's just for skiing but it is definitely not yeah and the i mean like lance armstrong um is here you know you see him riding all the time um, does he actually, own a house here he does oh okay yeah. 
Um, and we actually had an opportunity to do a race together. It was George Hincapie's race, who also comes out here quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a client of mine who prompted me to get a, a bike and get into cycling this summer. Um, so we, yeah, have been have been getting after that, and I'm really excited for next summer to up my game, and we'll we'll go up Independence Pass. Independence Pass or Maroon Bells? I don't know. Don't kill me yet. I'm yeah. not, but I'm excited. <laughs> I'm definitely excited. But for the people that live in Aspen, now let me touch on that. So Lance Armstrong lives here. Who else owns here? Any notable people, celebrities that you could rattle off that you didn't sign a potentially in an NDA with? In a non-NDA way, um, I could tell you that the majority of the Forbes list um, have houses here. For example? Uh, Trump? <laughs> no, he doesn't have <laughs> okay. one, actually. Um I don't want to get in trouble dropping any names, but okay. they're... Well, what about, what don't we, instead of the Forbes, why don't we touch on, like, some entertainments or sports athletes or... I know uh, my friend represented Mark Brunel, uh-huh. who was the formal, uh, a Pro Bowl quarterback for the Jacksonville Jaguars, and it also later became a quarterback for the Washington, then known as the Redskins, now the Washington football team. Yes. Uh, but I, uh, I believe John Elway, the legendary quarterback for uh, for... Denver Broncos was also, I believe he's an old homeowner here. Uh, was John Denver at one point a home, homeowner here too? Yeah. Historical, historically speaking. Yes. You know, he did sing about West Virginia, but he may, he should have maybe switched those lyrics to Aspen, Colorado. Oh, no. He has Rocky Mountain High. He has the Rocky Mountain Highs, I mean, right, right. But he is known for uh, Country Roads. Yeah. That's one of his favorite songs. But yes, he does have Rocky Mountain High. There's but anybody else that you can rattle on? Um, gosh. Uh, so many. I know. I'm like, hmm, can't really say. Um, I would say more of the the owners of the teams have homes here. Oh. Um, uh, of, a, of a specific professional, perhaps baseball team or a football team. <laughs> yes. Those kinds of teams. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Good. Uh, so clearly she, you know, if you're, if you're a high profile guy, you know, Hire Brittany because I guess she, she just won't. She won't crack. Her, her lips are sealed. So you know, just the success that you've had so far. Have you? Did you have any role models growing up? Somebody you looked up to? You just like where did all this hard work come from? Like that? Who instilled all this grit and and hard work and discipline in you? Yeah, I mean, I would say you know my my father um, was really really a go getter, and to this day still is a huge go getter. Uh-huh. He's not ready to retire. Yeah. Though he must. I know. Thank God he's okay after having COVID. But <laughs> oh, he, no. Um, yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. slowing down a, a little bit. So, um, yeah. And I mean, my my mom is one of my heroes. Um, you know, I think from a business perspective, like my sister and I were the first ones to go to college. So it wasn't an environment where we grew up, you know, looking up to business idols or even really being aware of that. Um, so this has been a really interesting transition in my life to go through, like growing up, right? Like you're coming out of college, you're creating a career, now you're a professional and like things are really shifting and changing and you're joining, you know, different tiers, um, which has been such a, such a blessing. It's a great ride. Yeah. It's certainly a great ride. So I guess this is a, 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 a impact question that I want to ask you that, that basically leads up from this question is your relationship with money, how has it changed 
since you were 21 years old to now being a young 22 year old I'm just kidding <laughs> but a young you know a young professional um, or has it changed what is money to you as a tool is it a tool I mean what is it to you what, what is your relationship with money like now yeah I mean I would say you know um, Aspen's a really expensive place to live obviously we're gonna talk about that in a minute yeah um, and you know money equals kind of stress relief so being able to help um, whoever it is that may need some help, like being able to provide employment, being able to sure. work with subcontractors, being able to build a business um, and create something that didn't exist before I got in it um, is one of the really rewarding things about being a business owner. Speaking about providing you know, opportunities, you know, shout out uh, Dr. Adam Funk. Adam Funk from uh, the great state of Pennsylvania. Yeah. You know? The Philly Brower, right? That's yeah, right. Three, three years. Um, he's been working with me, and I'm, I'm grateful to have him. And uh, yeah, I mean, I would say money is a tool that gives you opportunity to give other people opportunities, or for you to, to give what? What else? Yeah, I mean to give opportunity. You know, yeah. education, scholarship, yeah, um, employment, right? You know. Uh, the, the gift of being able to be housed in Aspen sure. is, is pretty huge. That's a big deal. You're right. Yeah. For sure. Um, so yeah, I would, I would say you know we had talked about motivation and and kind of my um, my view is never like money doesn't motivate me like freedom, opportunity, innovation, those are motivating factors. Right. So the the so you actually answered my next question was what motivates you more, power or money? Your answer is. I mean. Neither. Yeah. If I, I think I would be in a different field if that was my main motivation. If, if money was our motivation, we would not be real estate brokers. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's um, right. But you know, there's a, a hand for every glove, or however that saying goes. Um, so yeah, I would say you know I I like innovation and being able to create something where there was nothing before and being able to take a different lens and put my view and. Um, you know, my advice and my knowledge to work for someone else um, is really rewarding to bring them to a place that is as spectacular as Aspen is. Right, right. No, that's definitely true. You know, to wrap up, I know you don't have a lot of time here. You're about to go through a walkthrough, but we, we want to talk about the market. Before we talk about the market in, you know, this, the spectacular year that you had in 2020, can you give me, you know, one loss that you've endured in 2020 and one win that you've endured in 2020? And it could be personal or business. It could be anything. <laughs> okay. Well, I know that you really like to dig into the personal ones. I try do. To, try to make everyone cry on I your like, podcast. I like to go in deep. Um, hmm. Let's see. Yeah. Or it could be a, it could be a business or personal one too. <laughs> Being my best friend, I think you know. Um, Okay, I would say as a loss, I would count uh, not being able to travel in 2020. Yeah, that's huge. Um, I mean, you're in a, such a nice town, but it's also a small town. And, and being stuck in a small town for 365 days, it can probably take a little bit of a toll, no matter who you are, no matter how much you love the mountains. Yeah, I think it's, it's healthy <laughs> to get out of the bubble. It does. You, know, we it gotta, does. you can always go to Denver, but it's different than going to New York City or Italy or... Yeah. Or Mexico. Exactly. Right. It's, I, I really miss, um, you know, I usually 
get out of the country a few times a year. And I do. I've, I've been I've been here, so um, <laughs> Aspen problems. But nonetheless, I'm still counting it as a loss. Blessed. First world problem, blessed, but yes, it is a problem. Exactly. Um, and what about a win? Um, I would say 2020 for a business year has been an incredible win. I mean, it's um, it's been a a very popular year for the Aspen real estate market. And for me personally, I had a lot of clients, you know, that were ready to, to make moves to get here. And it's been, it's been a really good year. So that leads into the market talk. For listeners, broad overview of Aspen, what's the average price of a home in Aspen? And let's talk like single family homes, like the ones that you see in the suburbs. I know these homes here are a little bit bigger, but what's the average sales price of these things? Yeah, I mean, I would say it's ironic because the the average moved from four um, four million and change to seven million and change in the last year. Okay. Um, but good luck finding a house for seven million because really, nothing is on the market for seven million. Yeah. So that was the the price point between seven to nine exploded um, this last year. Okay. So that was up over 700%. Is that before COVID started or after after quarantine and people came out of quarantine? Yeah, really, it skyrocketed over the summer. Summer? I think, yeah, when okay. people were pent up and tired of being, you know, in their apartments and were ready to be able to walk out their door and go up a mountain and, you know, be outside. Sure. Um, that really drove a lot of people here. Who are these buyers? You know, Aspen has feeder markets. Basically, Texas um, is a huge, like, almost sister state, mm-hmm. if you like, to Colorado. Um, and then we have people, you know, coming from L.A., from Miami, from New York, uh, Chicago, you know, domestic markets, which is the majority of the, the people transacting in Aspen. Um, you know, people fleeing the heat <laughs> um, a lot of times in the summer. So, yeah. What kind of jobs or industries are they in? Um, I would say, you know, mostly finance. Finance. Um, finance, some attorneys, some doctors. Um, and like you said earlier, the, the people that own the sports teams. Yeah, <laughs> and like entrepreneurs, you right. know, people that have multiple businesses or... Um, you know, have have done well in in one arena and are now dabbling in another. Did the buyer group shift or change since COVID happened? It's interesting you ask that. So we've um, we've seen more ultra luxury sales. So if you're looking at sales, what does that mean? Well, what's what's that price point there? So it used to be depending on who you're talking to, but we're. We're going to focus right now on over $25 million. Mm-hmm. And um, that's oh, anything above $25 million is ultra luxury. So if you're buying at 24.5 or 24.95, you are not in the ultra luxury <laughs> market. Well, no, I mean, it's just, it's a new, it's a new step. It's subjective over objective. Exactly. And it's, it's a, a new place that we have found ourselves this year mm-hmm. um, where there had been, you know, maybe three sales or one sale for the past couple of years, no sales over 25 million. So this year there were nine sales over 30 million. Nine sales over 30 million. And, and from June or before quarantine or? The majority closing after the summer. Is it schooling, do you think, that's affected? Maybe these people just want more space for kids in school. Is it the fact that everybody's worked from home? So now, instead of the traditional peer-to-peer, it's their primary residence? I mean, these people that are buying these homes, what's the actual objective? So, 
everyone has realized like when the kids don't have to be in school and they're doing distance learning and now there's no reason to be at the office because you're not allowed to go to your meetings anyway, you're doing everything on Zoom, people's worlds just opened up and they're like, hey, you know, we like to vacation in Aspen, can you imagine actually being there? Like, let's go, let's do it. Um, and we have great schools here also. Public um, or private? Both. Both. Okay. Yeah. Um, we have Aspen Country Day is the, the very popular private school here that has a wait list and has, their attendance has exploded. Um, and then our public school is great. Right. Um, the matriculation onto... There's, there's a school technology. near the airport with a lift. Um, that's Aspen High School. That's Aspen High School? Yeah. That's a public high school? Yeah. Oh, that's really nice. I mean, I wish I grew up in Aspen. My goodness. I know. Right? I would love to have a lift for PE yeah. to go skiing or snowboarding. Yeah. Yes. Something something really just bizarre in my head that just triggers that part of uh, of my brain that tells me, you know, Todd, you should have grown, grown up here. <laughs> you were built for this. I was built for this. Oh my gosh. So, tell me anything else? Any other stats you want to tell me about the market? What about uh, explain to the uh, the listeners? You know, Aspen also has various markets. There's there's the core Aspen core, and then you have areas like Snowmass, Red Mountain. Uh, and you have down, they call it Upper Roaring Fork Valley, and you have the Down Valley. Yeah. I mean, correct me, correct me, please. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we're, I mean, and my stats are more specific to Aspen. I work in the Valley um, as well because my clients range from, you know, locals and to... And the Valley is what? Basalt? So the, Carbondale? Yeah. Tell the, me, tell the Valley would extend down to I-70. So um, basically I-70 up to through Aspen and then we have Independence Pass. Mm -hmm. So the Roaring Fork Valley is kind of this entire range. Um, and there's a lot of, of great communities happening. You know, Carbondale is really up and coming. Um, Basalt has a lot going on there. Uh, Old Snowmass, I've sold a lot of property in Old Snowmass recently, um, which has been really fun. And that's more of like a, a ranch layout, um, a little bit more remote. Um, Aspen, you know, is all about views, walking distance, proximity, you know, being, 10 minutes from the airport, five minutes from the gondola, like you can live so much life in one day because you spend no time commuting, um, which is really a gift. Mm -hmm. What's the what's the dimensions you, you, I remember you talked about Aspen as a dimension, like a, like a block dimension. What is that again? It was like five by seven or there's like basically the core, right? It's really a kind of a really small niche area. Yeah, so depending, I mean, we have the downtown core, we have the more historic like West End, we have Red Mountain, East Aspen, West Aspen. Um, I would say the, the pricing for the downtown core has seen incredible heights. Um, you know, selling things over 5,000 a square foot. Um, <laughs> things that are coming on the market right now are, you know, well over 2,500 a square foot um, if it's new construction downtown. So let's break it down for the listeners. If I had a budget of Let's just say, let's, let's start low, half a million dollars. Where would you recommend I buy? Glenwood. Or listeners. <laughs> Glenwood? Well, you can, buy some, you can buy some small things around here too, right? Um, not right now. Not so right there's, now. yeah, there's not, there used to be studios that you could pick up in like the half a million range. Mm -hmm. um, right now there's some hotel condominiums. Okay. So you could have like a hotel room with a kitchenette. Like, a, is that a timeshare or no? It's not, it's whole ownership, but it's, the HOA fees are really high. Very high, okay. So it's not, it's not ideal. So let's move up the budget. If you're a million dollar buyer, what could you get? Where, where would you recommend? 
you're still probably looking at a studio. Okay. Um, well, how, what's the square footage thing. of these studios? Um, around 500. Okay. Feet, yeah. Okay. For a million dollars. And then let's go 2 million. Yeah. So we're still really nowhere at two. But what about areas like the condos like the Gantt or the the place that I stayed one time with uh, James Petrie of Compass? So hotel condos, you're looking at really high HOA fees. So you have to be comfortable with shelling out, yeah, you know, 40 grand a year mm -hmm. if, if it's not rented or if you end up using it a lot. Like it's not, it's not the most ideal investment set up for people mm -hmm. a lot of the time. Got it. Um, so it's, I mean, it's tough to get a foothold it's in tough. Aspen. Yeah. Now, can you buy anything in Snowmass for $2 million? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So tell me about that. Snowmass, you definitely get more bang for your buck. They just redeveloped the base village. Um, the same east-west partners that developed the Vale Village have okay. now developed um, in, 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 At $2 million in Snowmass, are we talking single-family homes, townhouses, condos? What are we... No, we're talking condos. Okay. And you, you also have to watch HOA fees out there because they're not built for year-round people. Yeah. So um, the idea is that you're going to rent it, someone else is going to take care of it, and it's great, but it's not for someone who's like budget-minded. Like I would think square footage, how much time I'm going to spend there, do I want someone to be hands-on the property and back into that number? But if you're coming in with like a, a budget in mind, it, there are a lot more constraints lot more for constraints. what you can do. So what is the starting price for a single family home in Aspen right now? Like a teardown? Yeah, I, mean, I would say something that needs work, into. sure. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I would say that there are... An entry level, it doesn't have to be a mansion. Something small maybe, if there's a townhouse or... Yeah, um, we're probably looking over seven. Seven million? Right now, okay. yeah. Okay, uh, and then uh, let's talk about, you know, just to kind of wrap up your one memorable sale that you had in 2020? What kind of house was it? What, talk about it. Um, you, you don't have to give me the exact price, but you can give me the area yeah, if you like. Uh, well, I could tell you um, 2020 has unfolded like a, a great present because the first few months of 2020, um, I thought that I may have to do something else this year. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. Maybe walk a dog or something. <laughs> like what? Um, walk someone's dog. You're good at walking dogs, yeah. right? <laughs> Um, yeah, it'd be really hard to pay to live in Aspen walking dogs, but um, it was basically the beginning of 2020 was very, very slow. Very so to the to the extent where you m were thinking about maybe hopefully your paycheck would be coming soon because otherwise things might get tough. Yeah, I mean 20, 2020, the first quarter of the year is generally not like a, a knocking it out of the park quarter just because of the way our seasons run. Um, so when COVID hit in March and things were on lockdown, you know, that first quarter looking a little bit light turned into potentially the entire year looking a little bit light, um, which was, you know, unsettling and not, not exactly what I thought was going to be happening. Um, but then really by the end of May, beginning of June, like it just did a 180 and my phone didn't stop ringing. I mean, I worked nonstop until very recently. So let's get into the details. Would you have one memorable transaction that comes to mind? Um, gosh, I have, a, I mean, I have a lot of really great clients, like really wonderful hearts and families and 
Um, you know, they're so excited to be here and they're digging into the Aspen lifestyle, like getting out on the mountain, becoming better skiers, like this summer becoming uh, motocross, you know, superstars. Like, wow. Yes. Yeah, what a cool hobby I mean, to pick up. Yeah, like every um, every branch that you can go out in Aspen, like these people are, are into it and they're here for the lifestyle and it's, it's really cool to see um, people just really digging in. If, you, if you're an outdoors man or an outdoors lady and you haven't been to Aspen, I mean, it's one of the most liberating feelings that you can have visiting here and, and, and enjoying what the city has to offer. So uh, if you haven't been here, you know, get here quick. I mean, hopefully get your COVID shot first and then start traveling and get here quick. Brittany, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Uh, in closing, I just want to say thank you again for your time. The Queen of Aspen is busy. She has clients pulling her left and right. And I really appreciate you setting time aside for us to chat on the Real Talk podcast. Uh, shout out to your Instagram. Go ahead. So it's Brittany Rockhill Aspen. But Brittany is not spelled the traditional way. It's true. It's a B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-E dot Rockhill dot Aspen. And do you have a website or, any, or a Twitter handle or something else that you'd like to, or YouTube channel that you'd like to uh, plug? Um, yeah, it's all, it's all, if you just Google Brittany Rockhill Aspen, you should, you should find me like that. She shows up on Google Maps as well, so <laughs> kind of helps. All right, thank you, Brittany. Talk to you soon. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Oh.